This is Rays Radio. The 1-0 pitch, here's a swing and a drive. Left center field and deep, did he do it again? Yes, he did! Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. Kevin Longoria with his second home run of the ball game has just given the Rays a 5-4 lead. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Archer deals, swing and a miss. He got to the chase the slider to retire the side. That's eight strikeouts for Chris Archer, and the slider finishes off the Orioles in the fifth. Now to get you ready for opening day, here are the voices of the Rays. Welcome everyone to Countdown to Opening Day as we are counting down to opening day for the Tampa Bay Rays. It'll be the first Sunday in April against the New York Yankees. In fact, the Rays are the first game of the Major League Baseball season this year, and that will be at Tropicana Field just after 1 o'clock on that Sunday, April the 2nd. I'm Andy Free with Dave Wills, and Dave, we are counting down no longer till spring training because spring training is officially underway across Major League Baseball. Of course, here in Florida and out in Arizona, too. The Rays are down in Port Charlotte getting ready, and we've heard some of the familiar sounds of the baseball hitting the glove and of the 64 players in... Uh, that'll be in camp 61 already there. So I think there's a lot of guys that are anxious and get this thing ready to go. Yeah, I think we might even be up uh, even closer to that now. What uh, I think Ricky Weeks and uh, mm. Evan Longoria are the only two guys that haven't reported. And I saw on Evan's, uh, uh, on Jamie Edmondson's uh, Twitter account that Evan had his bags packed and ready to go. So he might be showing up maybe as soon as tomorrow. So, uh, again, those guys know what it takes to get ready. They've both been in big league baseball for about a decade. So they, they know what it takes to get their body ready for the season, but uh, it is, it's, it's good to be back talking baseball. It's good to see some of the guys, uh, back throwing the baseball, uh, some of the pictures and sounds that we've seen from Port Charlotte over the past couple of days. And we'll get, uh, a, a chat here with, uh, Kevin Cash, the Ray skipper in just a couple of minutes. We'll visit with him over the telephone. And then, uh, just about a day ago or so, uh, our own, uh, Neil Solon sat down with Alex Cobb and he'll have a conversation with him. And I think, as I said last week, I, I think that Alex is one of the big keys to this season takes a little bit of the pressure off of Chris Archer. I think Chris, again, he will never ever admit it, and uh, probably rightly so, as uh, most pro athletes will uh, will will say that uh, the pressure didn't get to him. But I think he tried to put way too much on his back last year and tried to carry a lot of that stuff around, and I think that affected him, and especially in the first half of the season. So I, I think hopefully a healthy Alex Cobb, and if he can be anywhere near what he was in uh, 2013 when he helped re- lead the Rays to the postseason and then won that game in Cleveland, it'll be a big, big boost for this Rays team, both on the field and then off the field as well, because uh, I think, uh, again, as we'll hear from Alex, he, he's one of those guys that's also kind of one of the natural-born leaders. He's not afraid to get out in front of things, and he'll, he'll wear it for some of his teammates which I think, again, most championship teams have guys just like that. You wonder how many people remember that he was going to be the uh, opening day starter You know, when he got hurt in 2015. This, this was kind of the next step from Shields to Price to Cobb and Archer, uh, and it was going to be Alex that was going to throw the first pitch, and then he got hurt. So yeah, I think a lot of that does come with leadership, and he seems to have some of that naturally uh, in him at least it always has the trouble has been keeping Alex Cobb healthy on the field from the very beginning of the season to the very end it's never happened at least while he's been Mm -hmm. uh, with the Rays so that's a necessary part of this starting rotation for this year and as we saw with guys coming off Tommy John it's you know, it's kind of like whatever you get during the season when they come back that first time. It's like, okay, let's let's push forward a little bit here. But when they come back now for a full season where he hasn't been uh, thinking about, am I going to get hurt? Do I trust it? Uh, let's get myself ready. Let's get the elbow back to what it once felt like. That's not what this offseason was. This offseason was, let's get ready to pitch baseball again in 2016. So I, I very much look forward to him. And, you know, I, I had posed the question to Kevin Cash uh, way back last year, said, well, the fact that Cobb was going to be the opening day starter, does that warrant him an opening day start for 2017? And at the time, Kevin said, well, at this point, I would still think it would probably be Chris Archer. You know, he earned that mantle as well, and he has been the opening day pitcher a couple of years in a row now. So that that maybe we'll try to break some news and ask Kevin that in just a couple of minutes. When is he going to name the opening day starter. Yeah, we'll see when that. Some teams have already begun doing that, <laughs> yes. as a matter of fact. And uh, one team, a number of teams now have a couple of their opening day starters possibly in doubt. One of them being uh, the Washington Nationals, Max Scherzer with a knuckle problem. And uh, it's something that uh, is flaring up on him a little bit. And the Nationals 
were a team last year that I think would have given the Cubs a run for their money in the National League had they not uh, broke down, Wilson Ramos being one of those guys. But, uh, you know, again, you've got a couple of guys going down already. That's uh, Health is a big thing for this race team because when you're dealing with about a $65 million roster or whatever it adds up to, I just read and I believe everything that Mark Topkin puts in the newspaper because it's in the paper, so it's got to be true. But and he's on the back of the pocket yeah, schedule, so you've got to. How about you know. that? I mean, those pocket schedules. I didn't think it was going to be big enough. I need a bigger <laughs> pocket. But anyway, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where you know health is a big, big thing for the Rays. We found out last year, you know, everybody's going to have some injuries, but the simultaneousness and that was a big word I had to lose uh, use last year of our injuries because they happened one after another after another after another, and we lost all of them. At the same time, health is a big, big concern for this team. And I know that Eric Neander, Heim Bloom, and then it's all led by Matt Silverman, I do believe that they did a great job of trying to bulk up things. That's that's kind of my new word now for this team. I think they bulked up a few areas, one of them being on the pitching side, a couple of signings, or at least one official signing this week, that being Nathan Evaldi, who's going to be out all of uh, this coming season. Uh, He's battling Tommy John surgery and coming back from that, and I heard he might have to have a couple other things. But he's a guy that if he does come back, I I was always amazed that a guy who throws 97-98 with a really good breaking ball would would have some of the issues that he had, and maybe again you start using a little more of the info and the the uh, the stuff that the Rays bring to the table. Maybe he becomes a, a late inning guy where you only have to see a, a batting order once or only just a few times. Who knows? He could throw a hundred miles an hour. And then there's some rumblings about a veteran by the name of Tommy Hunter. Uh, I don't know if anything's official yet. I haven't seen anything come across uh, the Rays' official feed. But uh, Tommy Hunter's a guy that may or may not be in the mix, but brings a little veteran uh, presence into that bullpen, which I think both of us have talked about uh, is is sorely needed. I think back to 08 when we made that transition from the Devil Rays to the Rays and we made that big step from last place team to first place team, it was, I think, because of some of the additions in the bullpen, beginning with Dan Wheeler the year before, but then, you know, Trevor Miller, and then you brought in Troy Percival and a couple other guys. You had a veteran presence of guys who have been there and done that, so the younger guys who are still trying to learn their way can kind of lean on somebody, and I think we were kind of missing that until the end of last year when we brought back Kevin Jepson. I lo- absolutely, and I like the fact that we are getting some guys now that have late-inning experience with Sean Tallison, and then assuming the Tommy Hunter thing eventually becomes official for from what we read, because this is the guy who was working, at, well, first, he's worked in a lot of different roles. He was a starter with the Rangers mm-hmm. coming up, and we remember seeing him there and was on their postseason teams uh, I know at least in uh, one of the years, 10 or 11, or perhaps both, because I remember seeing him then. Uh, and then he eventually worked himself towards the back of the Orioles' bullpen, and there were a lot of questions on how he would do as a closer. He ended up doing pretty well uh, as a closer. But along came Zach Britton, and the rest is history. The guy hasn't blown a save for, well, when he's allowed to get into the game. Uh, he hasn't really blown many saves at all. In fact, I think the last one he blew was uh, against the Rays in September 15. But the fact that uh, he's pitching such high leverage, I love that. And then you're looking at Boxberger came to sh- into camp in really good shape, apparently. Cool he year, has yep. slimmed down as well. Alex Colome has now established himself as one of the better late-inning relievers in the American League. So now you're looking at guys that have experience that can help the younger guys come along. And as we were just saying outside, suddenly even from the starting standpoint, there's a lot of names uh, that we're hearing that are high-priority guys that have high expectations from the race front office that are going to be in the mix between the big leagues and with the Durham Bulls, too. So I, I like the fact that the Rays, as you say, have bulked up the pitching. That's where it comes down to. But, of course, there's other aspects that uh, that have to get figured out, too. they got to score some runs. But you know they're not going anywhere unless the pitching really gets in order, and I like the fact of adding veteran relievers. A 13-game winner back in 2010 and then battled some things in 11 where he then split time between Texas and Baltimore. So... Uh, we did see him in the 2010 postseason, and and a guy that won 13 games, but then has done some nice things to the bullpen, saved as many as 11 for Baltimore in 14, and then as you said, uh, Britain took over. So you know, and, and then looking in the outfield, uh, it's going to be kind of intriguing to see how that all plays out over the next uh, few weeks. I, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to I'm, I'm interested to find out about the situation with catching. I, I think you know, and again, Kevin's got a pretty good grasp on that, being a former catcher, and we'll ask him a lot of questions about it. But uh, Wilson Ramos is saying that he should be able to DH. He's, he thinks he could come back sometime in May, which might be closer to June, 
and then hopefully catch sometime in July, which who knows could be close to August. So there's some name, there's a name being dangled about by some of the media. We'll see if that ever comes to fruition. I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but the current group, Kurt Casale, and uh, you know, and again, Luke Maley, two guys that uh, saw considerable time last year. they're they're going to get a lot of the work in spring training. There's no doubt about it. So, but my question for Kevin would be about Wilson Ramos. I mean, how much is he going to miss out on being able to catch these guys in spring training when you really start to get a feel for what these guys are all about? Because when does it really ever happen? Normally, you don't see catchers join teams midseason. One of the I don't want to say strange, but one of the the rare ones was Jonathan Lucor yeah. last year, who went from the Brewers to the Rangers, and it did not seem to hurt the Rangers. Uh, now everybody's individual. And we don't know Wilson Ramos that much yet, but I would think there would be an awful lot of work to be done to learn a new staff. And look, we're thinking too, we need his bat as much as his, as much as his mitt and his arm. And, and he's coming off some, some pretty big stuff going on with that knee with, uh, several problems with that knee. It wasn't just one injury. It was several within the one knee. Uh, so that, you know, that has to be a big thing too. So I, I like the name that's being bandied about perhaps being added and, who knows what's going on behind the scenes with that, whether Matt Weeders or whatever. But uh, I'd love to see that. But, look, it, it comes down to can they sign him? Are there interests? It sounds like there's probably been an offer made. That's what's been reported. And if he could join it, that only helps things. But uh, I want to see how this infield's going to get put together. We're going to ask Kevin about mm-hmm. the second base situation and then the first base situation. It sounded to me, Dave, from what Kevin talked about in the preseason presser, that uh, Ricky Weeks Jr. is going to have an awful lot to do with things, and he's right now is a non-roster guy. So that that could be a guy that's going to be in the mix as well, I would think, against left-handed pitching. So the Rays' uh, countdown to opening day has begun, as we said. I think there's, uh, what is it, 46 days until opening day, Sunday, April the 2nd, and only eight days until the Grapefruit League opener, which will be a week from tomorrow in Fort Myers against the Minnesota Twins. And we'll be broadcasting that game, and uh, it's a weekend full of games. We'll have games uh, beginning next uh, Friday here on the Rays Radio Network and then again on Saturday and Sunday. And that's when we will also be shifting this week in Rays baseball. We'll be shifting it from Thursday nights, these last two Thursday nights, to a half hour before game time on Saturday and Sundays. And uh, Neil Solons will then move into the uh, into the driver's seat, and he'll handle the show as he does all season long. And looking forward to that half hour before baseball starts on Saturdays and Sundays. So you'll get a chance to check out this week in Rays baseball. He's Andy Freed. I'm Dave Wills. We're going to be talking, as I said, with Rays skipper Kevin Cash here in just a couple of moments. And we're also going to be chatting with Alex Cobb a little bit later on. Hey, don't miss any Rays action this season with a double play season ticket package. Fly in a private charter to Miami to see your Rays take on the Marlins, as well as you can enjoy great seat locations and savings. Visit RaysBaseball.com or call 888-FAN-RAYS today. Raise up. He's Andy. I'm Dave. We'll come back with Rays skipper Kevin Cash after this on your home for Rays Baseball 620 WDAE and the Rays Baseball Network. Rays Flex Packs are on sale now. Get five lower-level tickets for $75 per pack. Save up to 60% off the single-game ticket price with no blackout dates. Purchase yours today and receive a Kevin Kiermaier Gold Glove shirt with each pack purchase. For more information, call AAA Fan Rays or visit RaysBaseball.com slash flex today. So raise up. A little closer to the bottom of the hour as we will uh, hear from Neil Solons. We'll have a chat with Alex Cobb. They chatted a couple of days ago down in Port Charlotte, so we'll have that for you at the bottom of the hour on our Countdown to Opening Day show. But again, with Andy Freed, I'm Dave Wills, and we are joined now by the skipper of the Tampa Bay Rays down in uh, Port Charlotte, and that is Kevin Cash. And Kevin, first of all, thanks for taking the time to join us. And uh, secondly, all right, so that, that there's the newness of the first spring training a couple of years ago. Then you kind of, you know, it's old hat uh, the second time. What's the what's the third spring training like for a third-year manager? Well, hey, guys, looking forward to seeing you guys and hanging out, talking baseball. We are, uh, too. Every day. But uh, I think the the, the, the the newness, like you said, is not that it ever wears off, but you get excited to come in. You feel more comfortable, really happy with the group that we have in here. Love the way the couple, uh, first couple of days, the energy of the pitchers and catchers. I mean, look, we, we got a, basically a full squad workout going every day right now. I think we're two or three players light, but um, – uh, expecting Longo to get in here tomorrow and take batting practice and do his thing. So it, it, it's a good time for, for the Rays and Rays fans. Kevin, of all the issues that you guys were discussing in the front office and from your chair during the offseason, 
so many were addressed. What Which sort of moves excite you for this year of the things that needed to be addressed, whether it's bullpen, whether it's fundamentals, whatever it was, what gets you pumped up for this season? Yeah, you know, I uh, I, I like a lot of the moves. Uh, but i, I got to be honest. i got to tell you, the happiest day of my offseason was probably when we signed Wilson Ramos. Uh, we're talking just about a really, really elite catcher, offensive defensive profile that that is just really coming into his own unfortunately you know he he's hurt uh but but fortunately for us that 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 allowed us to be to get in the game and uh meeting him yesterday for the first time in person we've talked a couple times of uh meeting him and i mean the guy is putting in the effort putting in the work he looks he looks in tremendous shape now it's kind of on us on us to to keep the rehab process and be excited for when he comes back. Kevin, Kevin, with that being said, though, now we talked about it a little bit in the first segment that, you know, there, there's importance for a pitcher-catcher kind of chemistry to develop, and a lot of times that develops during spring training. So what, from your standpoint and what from his standpoint, do you think he needs to do while he is indeed rehabbing from a knee injury to try to get comfortable and get to know these raised pitchers? What would you like him to do, and what he is he trying to do? Uh, because he can't get down there and squat behind home plate, but what, what, what are some of the things he's going to be able to do to try to get a feel for what these guys bring to the table? Well, you know, it, that's a good point, and I think the interaction goes a long way in spring training. But, you know, you could probably make the argument that Wilson Ramos having the benefit of watching a month or two of spring, uh, not spring training, but regular season games and watching how our pitchers work, he's going to get kind of a, a bird's-eye view of what makes Chris Archer tick, what makes Odo tick, Cobb, uh, Box, Colomy, all, all of our pitchers from a TV angle, from a dugout angle. And I think, you know, if you, anytime you acquire a new catcher, if they had a two-month background to, to watch that from a different perspective and not the urgency to go get, get it done, you would assume that they would be more informed coming in. So that information is going to kind of come to him naturally while he's uh, in, in the middle of his rehab process. And then assuming that he is able to come back in DH for a while before he really gets back behind the plate, one would think that would be a pretty important time, too, as he really gets to kind of be around the guys. And is it realistic to say that he'll, uh, or is it fair to say that he'll DH for a while whenever that time is before he starts catching again in the big leagues? Yeah, that's a question that we're all, nobody knows. And, and I can assure you, I mean, we all know Ron Porterfield and our training staff, they do a tremendous job as far as I'm concerned. They're as good as anybody in baseball. And they're going to guide the way along with Wilson Ramos. I have no idea. We're not committed or willing to put a timetable on anything for him right now. We want him healthy. We, 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 we want him comfortable. Um, the DH catcher rehab and all that—that's that, a balance that we're going to have to talk through. We've got some got some time now to kind of piece it together. Now that we're all together, and, and we'll kind of see where that goes. Visiting with Ray Skipper Kevin Cash here on our Countdown to Opening Day show with Andy Freed. I'm Dave Wills, and uh, you know, Kevin, the the other thing that you know, I, I know you never like to use injuries as an excuse for what happened during a season. Uh, I, everybody knows we need to be better than what we were a year ago. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But with that being said, before this team really got danged up, we were kind of hanging around 500 with a team that wasn't even pitching anywhere near our capabilities. And, and then the injuries hit and, and the kind of the bottom fell out. But with that being said, I know a lot of people are pointing to the pitching staff uh, again, as being the biggest key on this team, do, do you do you agree with that? Disagree with that? I know some guys are trying to deflect and say, "Hey, our offense and defense have to be better too." But obviously, everything has to be a little bit better. But I get the feeling that if we're going to go where we want to go, pitching has to lead the way. Without a doubt, I agree. Our, our, we we got to become a more complete team. We got to be more fundamentally fundamentally sound. That will be a, a focus point for us in spring training. Uh, saying that, we love. Our core group. We like the way our core position players finish. But the bottom line is, you guys have done this for many years now. We're built off pitching. And our starting pitching, we have nothing but confidence for them. We're not asking them to do anything more than what they are capable of. Don't, 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 don't try to be somebody you're not. And we're getting to that period with most of our starters. You know, you take out maybe a Matt Andrees and a Blake Snell just because they're still young. But the other guys, they know. Go out there, provide what you can provide, 
and 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 that's good enough because we trust what their abilities are, and we know that at the end of the day, um, if we can log them for their 30, 35 starts, and they can stay healthy. We've got a very, very talented pitching staff. Kevin, I agree with you that maybe the happiest day of my offseason, too, is when we, we did sign Wilson Ramos. I mean, it was a big boost to the team overall. We know that uh, it's an area that, uh, uh, you know, is, is, is key to a successful baseball team. But then one of the toughest days of the, of the, of the offseason was when we traded Logan Forsythe. And, uh, you know, again, Logan was a guy that did so many things. He was a very, very good hitter. He was a professional player. He was a, he was a guy that played very, very good defense for you. And he was a solid citizen in the clubhouse and in the dugout. What are some of the things that, that you're going to miss most by not having Logan Forsythe around? Because he was, I don't want to even say Steady Eddie, because Steady Eddie almost sounds like that's just average. He, he was more than that. Yeah, I mean, Steady Eddie is uh, not the case. He was above and beyond that. And we've talked about Logan, and I think we owe the, uh, just a ton of appreciation to Logan and respect to him in, in saying that. You know, one, one thing that our fans sometimes don't quite understand is when you get good players, when you acquire good players, you got to give up good players. Mm-hmm. There's not a person in our clubhouse, there's not a person in our organization that wasn't agonizing over that, uh, those trade talks, that discussion. But um, you, you got to look back and say, hey, we got a young kid in Jose De Leon who has put up just remarkable numbers in the, in, in the minor leagues coming up. We've got a chance to have him – uh, a part of our organization for many years to come, and it was an opportunity that we couldn't pass up. That is no discredit to Logan Forsythe. I'm thrilled that I got to be around him the last two years. I learned from him, and 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 watching him evolve into the, you know, from a, from a role player to a an everyday uh, player into just a really solid, really good major league player. Um, but that that's something that we decided as an organization is best for us going forward. And uh, the guy we got, Jose De Leon, we couldn't be more thrilled with. He's gonna he's gonna kind of vault into that position and into our starting rotation. And 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 you know we're excited to see where that goes. So where does that leave us at this point? Uh, what three days into pitchers and catchers at second base? Uh, that's got to be one of the big questions at spring training. How do you foresee it playing out? How are you going to get all the possible participants the appropriate amount of reps, whether it be Franklin or Beckham or, of course, Brad Miller? Where does Brad stand? How are you looking at second base right now? Uh, the way we're looking, I talked to Brad today. We had talked uh, after Logan got traded and we acquired Jose. We had a great conversation. Brad reported yesterday and came in, took ground balls, and him and I sat down this afternoon and had a great conversation. Brad Miller, the one thing I can say about him, he is on board with us winning. That's all he cares about. Uh, he, he wants to do what's best for the club. And we are going to get Brad Miller the most amount of reps that we can at second base, get him acclimated or reacclimated with a position that he's fairly familiar with. He just hadn't played a ton of it here recently uh, or for us. Get him back there. Let's see where it goes. We're going to keep our options open as far as, uh, Brad playing some shortstop in spring training, but we're gonna we're gonna get Tom Foley, who's really good at working with infielders, get him and Brad together, and uh, along with Matt Duffy, and getting that middle of the infield combination um, really familiar with each other. Again, with Andy Freed, I'm Dave Wills, Kevin Cash, Ray Skipper, joining us here on our countdown to opening day show. He's down in Port Charlotte. The Rays already into uh, pitchers and catchers reporting, and almost everybody will be on hand here beginning tomorrow. And you know, here we are. We're talking about it on what February the uh, the fifteenth, sixteenth, and and we're still forty six days away from opening day, Kevin. So with the extra days and the longer length of spring training because of the WBC, what are some of the things that you and the coaching staff have to try to do to make sure that we don't peak too early, or for that matter, try to keep spring training fresh without it getting stale because guys are going to be around for an extra week or ten days. Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're going to learn about the fresh part as we go. We'll, we'll have a couple guys that are, we'll just tell them, hey, don't show up at the ballpark. Uh, take an extra day off here and there. But I think that the, the nicest thing about this is that this has allowed us to kind of, uh, give a lot of our pitchers and a lot of, uh, a lot of the pitchers from last year that had a heavy workload an extra day, uh, an extra day's rest in between their throwing sessions. So generally speaking, when you report, you come in, you throw, you're off, you throw, you're off, you throw, you're off. 
this year with the extended time, we're, we're able to get two off days in there. And I think that's really going to benefit our starting pitching, uh, starting pitching staff and some of the guys that we project that could help us in that starting rotation. And then also some of the relievers that took on some heavier workloads, you know, uh, Alex Colomay, Xavier Cedeno, Rasmo Ramirez. We're able to balance uh, their workloads and kind of manage it maybe a little bit better than, than rushing to get ready for that first spring training game. Because at the end of the day, that, spring, that first spring training day is not the most important day of our season. We want guys healthy uh, on April 1st, April 2nd, and then throughout the remainder of the season. Is it also then going to allow you to get longer looks at guys that maybe you're curious about, guys that may not even be with the Rays during at least the beginning or maybe even during the regular season? Does it open up chances for other guys? Not even chances, but just looks. There's nothing like getting a, a, a guy out there to perform, even though it's spring training, in front of the big league manager, in front of the big league coaches. And are there guys that you're kind of curious about that we might get a longer look at because of this? Yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to get some, some, some substantial looks at guys. I mean, uh, the, the, a couple of the guys that come to mind are uh, Willie Adamas, uh, Jake Bowers, uh, uh, Casey Gillespie, you know, a couple of young pitchers, uh, Nick Shufo, one of our catchers coming in, Jonah Heim, a guy that we just acquired. This starting a week earlier or eight days earlier than normal, the games start earlier, it's going to allow us to get them some – some playing time that maybe it was a little tougher in the past to get them. So for them, it's going to be a great opportunity, and it will also allow us to balance some of our veteran guys. That it's, it's not a hurry up to get ready. Let, let's let's, let's uh, manage this and gradually get ready. You know, that's one of the things that I've talked about a lot so far during this uh, this offseason. And I know that, you know, again, Wilson Ramos is our marquee guy that we picked up. There's still a couple other names that are being kind of dangled about. We'll see if we make another splash before uh, April the 2nd. But I've, I've mentioned it to Eric. I've mentioned it to a couple other guys and some fans. I think we've done a pretty good job of bulking up this roster, Kevin, to the point where there's going to be more competition at a couple of spots. And then I know every team gets beset by some injuries, but it, it just didn't seem like we were thick enough in a couple of spots last year. Do you feel like you're a little more comfortable because we have bulked up in a couple of areas that maybe we weren't as thick as we should have been a year ago? I do, and and I think that's a big credit to our front office and the guys, mm-hmm. and not only the front office, our player development, because the reason we feel bulked up in some of those areas is because our player development uh, has really done a tremendous job at, at, at advancing our players and getting them to that next step, getting them close to where they're in contention to help us at some point during the season. Uh, and as far as the front office is concerned, w- without a doubt, I mean, they, they went out, they addressed some needs, uh, they address some thoughts that they know that could immediately help us, and then also some guys that are going to be right on the cusp of helping us. And uh, it, it is a little more comforting. I mean, there's no doubt for the last two years we need to somehow find a way to avoid the injury bug in spring training. I don't know if there's a secret uh, potion or magic to do that, but uh, if we can do that, we, we've put ourselves in a pretty good spot for, for, for having uh, a lot of depth. How much better do you feel about your bullpen now than, say, towards uh, the, some of the low moments of last year? Uh, you know, Colomay has put himself forward to one of the better closers in the American League. you got Boxberger, who was a 40-save guy not long ago that struggled through injuries last year. Tolleson added, assuming the Hunter thing happens, and Farquhar with his change-up, and Cedeno from the You know, I'm going through them one by one. Do you feel a lot better about your bullpen, or is there still a lot for you to, to learn about this bullpen as we go through uh, March? There's no doubt. There's plenty to learn about these guys, but uh, you mentioned Danny Farquhar, the way he finished last year, he, how he evolved in the second half was tremendous. But we've got to do everything we can to get him to pick up right where he left off. Um, Tommy Hunter, uh, you know, it, it could be a very interesting option for us. This is a guy that's pitched a lot of big innings, a lot of, um, a lot of high leverage innings, and could, could kind of be a veteran presence and a power pitcher for us. The big key for me in the bullpen is Brad Boxberger. And, and, we all know what Box is capable of. Uh, in fairness to Box, he had somewhat of a loss year, not by his choice, just because the injuries, he just couldn't avoid him. He grinded to get back uh, from an injury in spring training, and he gets on the mound in Kansas City first day back, and he has another injury mm-hmm. come up. So that is somewhat of a lost year. But if you, if you sit there and say you got a healthy Brad Boxberger, a healthy Alex Colomay, Sedano doing his thing, you're talking about a pretty deep 
bullpen. And then you add a guy like Sean Tolleson, who um, last year battled injuries and, and, and didn't have the, the most success, but the two years prior to that was a dominating back-end closer. That, that, those are some nice weapons to have. It is, and that's the part I was about to bring up, is that some of the guys that are being added now are guys that have not only high leverage, but late-inning high leverage experience and have had success in those roles, you know, between Hunter and Thomas. And, you know, we forget too, Farquhar was pretty good closer for a short time there for the Seattle Mariners. They had that high leverage. How important is that in trying to build a bullpen? Because sometimes, as we've learned, the biggest outs you get might be in the seventh inning. Well, it's a great point you brought up, Andy. And uh, hopefully all these guys that are in camp with us, they watch the playoffs because I, yep. if they did, they 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 understand that some of the some of those games were won because of the outs that that like you just said were were gotten in the sixth and seventh inning, uh, the ninth inning outs. There's no doubt they're tough uh, to get, but but there are a ton of big outs throughout the course of a 162 game season that uh, we're going to be leaning very heavily on guys that have closing experience. I mean, look, like you said. Tolleson, save experience. Danny Farquhar, save experience. Obviously, Boxberg and Colomay. And uh, I haven't looked at Tommy Hunter, but I'm going to guess he's probably had a couple save experiences. Yep. Oh, yeah. And he's pitched very deep, deep in ball games. Kevin, as we uh, start to wrap it up, and again, thanks for taking the time. You know, offensively, we haven't really focused on that a whole lot. But, you know, we were talking about it toward the end of last year that three key guys might be Kevin Kiermeyer. Steven Souza Jr. and uh, Corey Dickerson. And and if they can get to the point where they evolve and take another step in the right direction, we become maybe a little more of a dynamic offense. And, and last year we made a change in the coaching staff. Chad Matola came on as a hitting coach for the last, what, uh, six, five, six weeks of the regular season. You said it was going to be a good thing for him to kind of get a feel for what guys do during the regular season. As it, it, I know that all the hitters aren't there yet, but he's working with hitters. Has that made that transition even better and more smooth now going into his first full season as hitting coach? Without a doubt. I mean, it, was, it was a very difficult decision uh, to, 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 to make. And, um, you know, as far as Chad is concerned, I think the, the last five weeks of the year, were really important for him and for our hitters to get acclimated to each other, uh, hear some of the messages that they could carry into the offseason, have some of the conversations that they could have throughout the offseason, and then come into spring training with already those that foundation and those relationships built. Uh, saying that, the guys you mentioned, there's no doubt. Uh, Kiki's going to be a big part of our offense regardless, he, a big part of our team regardless. He's such a special player defensively as we all know and offensively uh when whatever he can provide is 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 outstanding just because how he can impact you on the basis uh cory dickerson and steven souza i think we were i know we were very excited with the way they finished their seasons uh steven souza was a little bit shortened because of injuries but you know he went out on a really good note he felt good about himself he went and had a hip procedure he's in a good spot now he's come to, uh come down to tampa early he's worked he's worked with motor he looks great and the same with Corey dickerson i think a, a lot of Rays fans are going to be shocked to look at Corey dickerson and how he has kind of re-sculpted his body uh not that he needed to but he has taken enough initiative to say i needed to get more flexible I wanted to be more un- under control at the plate. And he's done nothing but show that here in these early early days of, of spring. Last thing, Kevin, we talked a lot last year, and you talked a lot too, that this team had to get better fundamentally with some of the quote-unquote basic parts of the game. How much of spring training and how are you going to implement that throughout your plan for spring training? Things like base running have got to get better, as we've talked about. Even pop-ups, things like that. Some of the basic parts of the game that could get tightened up. How are you going to implement that throughout this uh, next month and a half? We're going to do a good job of being repetitive. And the great thing about our club, uh, Brad Miller, you know, at the end of the year we sat down and talked and just kind of rehashed his season and his thoughts and you always value players' thoughts, and you, you value players' thoughts that are new to the organization. Brad was a first-year player, and he, and he kind of he said, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to run the bases more. We need to do the pop-up communication more. And, and even talking to Longo, who's been here for umpteen years and very successful, he, he, he said, we, we, can, we can harp on these areas because 
we know that we it will help us win ball games, and that will be an emphasis here in spring training. Is let's get repetitive at at making some routine plays. Let's get repetitive at knowing and having awareness on the base pass so when the season starts, we're comfortable in those situations. Well, looking forward to seeing the guys and uh, looking forward to seeing you down there sometime this weekend, Kevin. Again, hey, thanks a lot for taking the time, and uh, we'll see you hopefully Sunday. Sounds great, guys. Looking forward to it. Kevin, Thank you. Kevin Cash joining us uh, down in Port Charlotte. The Rays are in uh, spring training mode. Pitchers and catchers have reported the full squad in the next couple of days. Almost everybody there right now. Anyway, and again, thanks to Kevin for joining us. He's Andy. I'm Dave. Neil Solons will sit down with Alex Cobb. We come back after this on 620 WDA and the Rays Baseball Network. Well, kids, we've got the coolest club for any young Rays fan. Join thousands of other Rays kids in the all-new Rays Rookies Kids Club presented by Outback Steakhouse. Just for joining, you get six free ticket vouchers, Raymond and DJ Kitty autograph cards, access to special events, and much more. Sign up online now to be a part of all the Rays action at RaysBaseball.com slash Rays Rookies Rays Up. This is Countdown to Opening Day as we get set for the Rays 2017 season. And yesterday, or was it the day before, Neil Solon's got a chance to sit with Alex Cobb, such an important member of this team, heading forward in 2017. Neil? Thanks very much, guys. And I certainly appreciate, Alex, you coming on the program first. First time we're interviewing you since you became a married man. So congratulations. It's a big part of the offseason. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, um, feels like a long time ago already, but um, it's only been... Four months, so uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we had an awesome time. We had a very uh, private, just twelve people. Um, felt very personal and uh, quick. So it was. Um, it was a great time. You and Kelly have been together for so long. I mean, does it change anything about you though, being officially, you know, settled, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, it does. It's. Um, it it makes you feel. Uh, like you've got a lot more responsibility on your plate. You know, you got somebody to, that uh, family's entrusted you to take care of and uh, provide for. And, um, you know, that, that hit me pretty strong when I said I do. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for that. And um, it's, been, uh, it's been a little different in some ways, but uh, our relationship uh, still feels like we just started dating. So much of this game is about, you know, being in a good mental place. I mean, I, was, I guess I was asking, too, if being married puts you in an even a better mental place when you come to the park each day. Yeah, I mean, I think anything that gives you security in life um, makes you feel a little bit more at ease and uh, just makes you give, have a better outlook on, on uh, life itself. You know, you're not, you realize there's a lot more that goes on. Um, outside of those lines on a baseball field. So, um, yeah, it does. It puts you in a good a good place when you know that no matter the outcome of the season or the game, you've got somebody to go home to that uh, doesn't care. That is part of, I guess, what you would consider a normal offseason for you, just getting married after all you've gone through over the years. So tell me a little bit about what it has been like for you uh, in terms of you know, having a more normal off season after coming back from Tommy John, it was huge. Um, I don't remember. You know, it's been so long. I don't even remember where I was when I first had those initial four. I take four weeks off in the beginning of every off season where I don't do a thing. I don't um, touch a baseball. I don't touch a weight. I don't run. Um, so, I, and I don't even really remember where I was at that time. Um, my last time I had that, but uh, this year it. it um, not that I wasn't doing anything. I was getting married and getting ready for the honeymoon and moving across country. But at the same time, I was I was um, off my feet. I wasn't in the weight room. I wasn't in rehab or getting soft tissue, anything like that. Um, I was just dealing with life outside of baseball, and it was awesome. And then the ability to gradually go into the um, process of getting ready for the season, going three days a week, then four days a week, then eventually five in the weight room, uh, was was extremely nice, and I'll tell you the biggest thing was probably when I was getting ready um, with my throwing program, getting ready for the season, 
if I wanted to work on a few more throws and work on a few more pitches, uh, flat ground or whatever it might be, I could I could do that. You know, I didn't have a trainer or somebody hovering over me and cutting me off at 20 pitches and saying that's it when I'm like dying to just try a couple more things mechanically and not being able to do that. So um, I think anytime you can get that mind body awareness better, um, the faster you can get it, uh, the better off you'll, the quicker you'll be to getting back to your old self. What, you say your old self. How close are you to your old self? And how helpful were that handful of starts in September? It's hard to say how close I am until I get a batter in there to tell me. But um, obviously last year I wasn't to that point, um, even, not even close to that point. Um, when I was on the mound, I, I, it, I f- it felt like a foreign place to me. I didn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable. I, I felt... Like I could see everything going on around me, I didn't feel in control of the the situation, the game, um, anything. I was just I was hoping not to get hit, and that's really a feeling I've never had on the mound of that timidness and um, just not being aggressive out there. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to take away from the negatives that happened when I did come back last year. There was a lot of great reference points that I can go back to and I can visualize when I'm thinking about things mechanically and, and saying, okay, do the opposite of that. That's why that's why I was failing last year. Um, get to this point of your delivery, so on and so forth. So having those five starts, as, as small of a sample size it was, was huge for my mental aspect going into the offseason and thinking back on what I need to not do. Where do you think you are now in terms of your pitches? Because when, when we watched your five starts last year, to me, the biggest thing that was missing was the swing and miss on the changeup. That it, it had probably more side to side than it had up and down movement. Is that what you saw? Is that the biggest thing for you? That's a hundred percent everything. Well, I think that that pitch and what you saw in that pitch told the biggest story of what I was doing wrong mechanically. Um, it wasn't as evident on my fastball or on my curveball. Um, just because uh, those pitches don't need as much of a true angle, uh, true release point, uh, as much as the side-to-side is what I was doing. I was, I was very rotational last year, um, which caused the fastball to stay on one plane instead of being a depth pitch. It caused uh, the changeup to go side-to-side, as you mentioned, and not have that depth, uh, that diving action that I look for for the swings and misses and the ground balls. So, um you know, all the information was there for me last year. It was just happening too quick for me to really uh, take it into account and to make an adjustment that I needed to make. And you're not doing it in game action right now, but you did throw your first bullpen this week, and you're throwing a lot on flat ground. Do you see that coming back now? And if so, how different is it? Yeah, it's um, it's night and day from where it was last year. Uh, my misses this year, uh, this uh, spring and in this off season, uh, my bad pitches are still would be my best uh, changeup last year. Um, so uh, you know it's not even a comparison to the type of pitcher I was to the type of mindset I had last year. Uh, I feel control of the rubber. Uh, feel like my body awareness is much sharper than it was last year. The feedback I'm getting is is being processed a lot quicker um, and put into action on the next pitch rather than. You know, just kind of really being out and lost on the mound. I, I, I have a good good grasp of what's going on. Alex Cobb with us on our Countdown to Opening Day show. And, you know, on our show last week, Dave and Andy asked me, okay, what can be a difference maker this year? I said Alex Cobb being Alex Cobb. So tell me what you think it would mean to you and this club to be the guy from 2014 again. Well, you know, it's um, what I – what I've done in the past, um, it it would contribute. It would definitely contribute. Um, but I'm not exactly content with even the way I, I finished uh, before I got injured. You know, there's a lot of things that I was trying to get myself to to get beyond those um those parameters of the type of pitcher I was. I was trying to do things to to get me to the point where I could take the ball more often, get more starts under my belt. Um, and uh, a big part of that is, is having your mechanics in line to be able to stay healthy. 
and uh, I think I've cleaned up a lot of those issues. And and so for, in that aspect, you know, I I think that if I'm able to um, get all those starts in this year and and um, make the adjustments that I, I feel like I know I could back when I was healthy to get good quality results, um, you know, it, I, I sure do hope it'll be a, a positive impact on the team. I remember an interview I did with you about, and you probably remember this, where do you want to be in five years? And you said, I want to be like James Shields because he makes 33 and 200 every year, and people don't realize how hard that is. So is that your goal this year, to get to that 33-200? Yeah, it's been my goal every five, the last five years. <laughs> it just hasn't, you know, it's not that easy. And that's why, you know, when we talk about um, the guys that can do that, you know, Chris Archer needs to be um, identified in that role more. You know, I, I know he gets a lot of hype of, of the quality type of pitcher, the quality type of stuff he has, but... I don't know if people realize the amount of discipline he has outside of the the um, field and and how he's able to uh, take care of his body and um, the nutrition he puts in and, and the work ethic he has to, to be able to throw those 200 innings uh, every year. So uh, that is absolutely a goal of mine, and um, it looks a lot easier from TV. I, and I can attest to that because I watched a lot of games from TV um, the last couple of years. So... Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to to uh, try to make that happen this year. How about physically? Are you different? Are you leaner? Are you, do you where, where are you different physically than you were, let's say, before all this? Well, I hope I'm in better shape because I've been working out for two years straight. I feel like you know, once I did get hurt and I realized I was having Tommy John surgery, I immediately started planning a, a routine to where. I could get in a good environment to solely focus on my body and 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 really work to the point to where I'm at right now this year and, and trying to get myself in the best position to go 200 innings. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely leaner, uh, stronger, uh, and um, we'll see how that translates. You know, I, if I need to put that little baby fat I had back on, I'll, I'll do that because that will be enjoyable. But um, the... Uh, trying to be um trying to trying to have a strict diet and and eat right and and work out smart um is definitely a, a lifestyle change and it's difficult but uh hopefully I, I did enough to put myself in a position to to take the ball every fifth day you complimented chris archer but he complimented your bulldog mentality in the clubhouse your tenacity on the mound that can have a real impact on guys how do you think you can impact other guys in this rotation to have the kind of year that would kind of surpass last year's disappointment as a group in this clubhouse um you know i there, there's a couple of things i think and um you know i I'm, I'm humbled to hear him say that and i've, I've heard that from other people that you know i, I really appreciate those the, the kind words that they give to me when they say that um i I don't notice that I put off that much of a vibe when I am on the mound. Um, but I think a, a thing I really do enjoy is uh, the behind the scenes of just being one-on-one with those guys and, and talking with them and bouncing ideas off of them and, and kind of telling them my mindset and what, what I see and how I approach these certain guys here and there. and. Um, you know, and I don't know if I'm different than anybody else in that aspect, but it's I think it's a different um, viewpoint, different mindset to to hear from that you normally wouldn't get. Um, but uh, and then you know, I I think that the talking needs to come to an end, and you need to prove it. You know, if 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 um, you say those things and you you you, ch- you try to preach the way you go about it, then when you're on the mound, you you better show it, and um, you have to. Uh, you have to stay the same guy through good times, bad times, and you have to um, never give in. You know, when things are going rough and you're getting hit around the field, it's easy to, to hang your head and come in and throw your glove and uh, kind of throw the towel in. But you need to um, kind of puff your chest out a little bit and take the beating like a man, like I tried to last year. You know, I tried to take that beating as, as well as I could. As It wasn't as easy as it looked, but, um, you know, be accountable. And I think that's what all five guys, all five of us are going to try to do this year. I think you've always been that way, and I think that's why so many people enjoyed 
I'm including myself interviewing you, I'd be remiss if I asked, didn't ask this then. This is your free agent year coming up. Is that probably in your mind at all? Is that something you even give the slightest thought to because you've only been a right? Um, it's starting to hit me. It's it, Driving around Port Charlotte, uh, it started hitting me. And, and I don't know why I just thought about it. <clears throat> I didn't think about it leading up to spring training once, but... As I was driving around the other day, I was going to Walmart, and I was like, man, I've been coming to this Walmart since probably 2009, you know, when I was a stone crab. And I was like, this could be the last year that that's, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm in Port Charlotte. And, you know, those thoughts start coming in. And, uh, you know, from a, from a personal standpoint of, um, you know, trying to get the biggest contract or trying to do this or that, it's not going to affect me you know i've been so fortunate so blessed to have made um a very good living in this game much more than money than i ever thought i could um that uh i'm uh, i'm i'm secure you know and and everything else that is put into my life is is um i'm very thankful for as a blessing but isn't essential in in my well-being or my family's well-being so i'm going to go out and i'm going to play the game and and i think um, one thing I did learn while I was away from the game is I didn't enjoy it as much as I, I, I should have. I didn't I didn't take the time when I'm in a city or in a stadium just to kind of take it in. I was always I was always like uh, tense and and um, and not wanting to get sent down or not or needing to be uh, worrying myself too much, you know. And, and so I'm gonna enjoy in between starts. I'm still having the same mentality uh, on start day, but. Uh, just realize this game goes quick. I can't believe I'm a free agent already, you know, and I feel like I just walked in the door as a rookie and uh, had Shields and Price and all those guys uh, to, to lead lead and teach me their ways. And then before I know it, I'm, I'm you know, i got one more year left of control. Well, time flies quickly for us, too. We certainly appreciate all the time you've given us, and we're going to savor every moment, hopefully 33 of them that you're on the mound this year, all of the starts. Alex, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Neil. It's a pleasure, man. Candid stuff from Alex Cobb. That's uh, Neil Solons with Alex Cobb. And again, as Andy and I were mentioning earlier, Alex Cobb to me and to us, one of the big, big keys of this uh, regular season for the Rays. Hey, kids, we've got the coolest club for any young Rays fan. Again, join thousands of other Rays kids with all the all-new Rays Rookies Kids Club presented by the Outback Steakhouse. Just for joining, you get free tickets, six free ticket vouchers, Raymond and DJ Kitty autograph cards, access to special events, and much, much more. Sign up online to be a part of all the Rays action at RaysBaseball.com slash RaysRookies. Raise up. He's Andy. I'm Dave. We're back with a finish after this on the Rays Radio Network at 620 WDAE. Well, we are just about out of time out of this uh, edition of Countdown to Opening Day. Uh, with Dave Wills, I'm Andy Free. We are wrapping up this and getting ready for baseball. We'll be on the air next Friday to broadcast the Rays and the Minnesota Twins. Looking forward to it. So, again, uh, thanks to Kevin Cash and Alex Cobb. Also, thanks to Neil Solans for helping it out as well. And, uh, again, Countdown to Opening Day, a present- presentation of the Rays Radio Network. Executive producer of the Rays Radio Network is Larry McCabe. Today's show also produced by Chris Miller and our studio engineer, hello again, everybody, Trey Downey, and our production assistants, Ray Jensen and Cameron Billis. Again, for Andy, I'm Dave. That's going to do it for this week in Rays Baseball. We'll be back on the air on Friday night, next Friday, not tomorrow, next Friday from Fort Myers. Hope you join us then. Till then, this is your home for Rays Baseball, 620 WDA in the Rays Baseball Network. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Follow me on the one-two pitch. Long drive to right. Sousa going back to his left at the warning track. Jumps up, makes the catch. Slams against the wall. Secures the baseball and the victory for the Rays. If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash podcasts. The lefty holds the belt. Now pitches to Miller. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep right center field. Eaton turns around. Join us for opening day on April 2nd as the Rays host the New York Yankees. Now the 1-1 pitch on its way. Swing and a drive. Deep right field. For tickets or for more information on the Rays, visit RaysBaseball.com.